0: From Relay FM, this is The Pen Addict, episode 149. The show is brought to you this week by three sponsors. Squarespace, Build It Beautiful, Hoban Cards, affordable and beautiful custom letterpress printed calling cards, and 1Password, the application to put passwords in their place. You may have noticed that I'm not Mike Hurley. Uh, I'm I'm Stephen Hackett. I'm standing in for Mike this week, but you're not here for me. You're here for the the man of the hour, the king of the ink, Mr. Brad Dowdy.
1: What's up, Stephen? How are you? <laughs> good, good. It, it's nice to have you back on the show. This is actually your second time uh, filling in for our, our my f- other fearless uh, co-host, Mr. Hurley. So uh, welcome back to you.
0: Yeah, it's it's good to be back. It was a. Uh, I, I I tried to look it up, but then I got sidetracked. It was it was early on. I mean, it was.
1: I want to say ago. like yeah, it was like in the. Uh, 40s, 50s, 60s range. I meant to do that. That's one of the things, you know. Stephen's coming back on. I should go back and listen to that episode or at least find out what number it is and I didn't. <laughs> it's all just right. one of those cool. things. But um, you know, we're we're going to see each other in person soon though, right?
0: Uh, yes, in just a couple of weeks. Actually, yes, the end of it, next week, right? Or it's super yeah, soon. Uh, it's I, like should, I should know.
1: <laughs> not quite. Little less than two weeks, so for those aren't who haven't been paying attention, uh, with the Atlanta Penn Show stuff, uh, Mr. Hackett is going to be attending as well and um he's gonna be part of the video team. Uh the channel nine action news team, uh that's gonna be film- <laughs> <laughs> filming us at, as we uh record the live podcast in Atlanta. So uh are you are you pumped about that?
0: Oh yeah. So um my my brother does a lot of video work and he's uh he and his guys and I are driving down uh to film the show so we're we're doing recording the podcast but then a lot of other stuff for the Kickstarter backers so we're super excited to be able to do it uh because of of all of the the awesome backers that that we had i mean that that whole i know you guys spoke about it but the whole Kickstarter mm. experience is really exciting for me as well uh so yeah, so we we bring in a bunch of cool equipment. We have a drone we're gonna bring yeah. for like exterior shots uh and chasing people down. So um it's gonna be super cool. Looking forward to to meeting some people and, and hanging out. So
1: Yeah, so I wanna get I wanna I wanna know what you think just about the whole premise of a show for pens. Because I know you're into some geeky stuff yourself. I mean, the first time we met in person um was two years ago. Right at the pin show time, it just happened to be in Atlanta at our friend Aaron Mankey's house, and we did a podcast together. But I remember you were in town that weekend only because there was like a like a historical Mac traveling road show museum thing that you were attending. So that's yeah, pretty hard <laughs> hardcore geek stuff going on, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So so, it's... so what do you think uh, about this like whole like there's actually a pin show?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. It's great. I mean, so. Right. So my particular brand of, of nerdery isn't, you know, square on with yours. Um, Mm -hmm. but there's definitely overlap of course, but you know, I think it's, I think it's awesome that there's things like shows and meetups for, for whatever you're interested in. Right. And that's the beauty of the internet really is that I can find all these people who are interested in this very particular thing that I'm interested in. And then we get to meet and, and form friendships and relationships. And, uh, so I think it's super exciting. Like I, I'm, you know, like last week you were talking about like do I budget money to come and like how much am I going to spend and mm-hmm. that sort of thing like I'm not so much worried about that but it uh, I inf- I embrace all forms of of nerdery so
1: yep that's that's exactly right exciting. that's kind of that's kind of the world we live in online these days it seems like i mean how the heck do you get 149 episodes of a podcast about pins if we don't all have a little bit of a problem right exactly yeah yeah, exactly. so, so I want to talk a couple things about the show. Um, for those who may have missed it, in our Slack room, I posted a registration uh, kind of form. Uh, it's just for us to know who's going to be there, who's going to be in town, and especially who's going to be at the knock party on Friday night so we can uh, kind of get food squared away. We're just going to do pizza, keep it easy, but we kind of need a number. So that link will be in the show notes, which you can find at relay.fm forward slash forward slash So make sure if you haven't already done that form, it's like three little simple fields. It'll take you about 20 seconds to fill out. So I really need to know if you're coming Friday night um, because that's, that's where the drone activity is probably going to get nuts.
0: we're going to be watching and if you take more than two pieces of pizza it's just going to come down and get you
1: (laughs) and what's funny for there's very few people that are coming that have actually been to our shop before it's really small and the parking lot is like really tight right next to a main road so i don't know there's not going to be a lot of room for the drone drone to roam so that could uh lead into some uh, shenanigans i'm i'm thinking
0: (laughs) it's gonna be it's gonna be 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 fun. fun
1: it's gonna be it's gonna be really fun Oh, and I did book the party bus. I think you knew that, and I, I can't remember if I told the uh, told the whole crew yet. Um, you know, it's not a it's not a full on party bus, but for those of you staying at the hotel or traveling from the hotel to Knock, we will take you back and forth via the Knockco party bus. Um, so thank you all for uh, supporting this and allowing us to do that. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I don't I don't think I've ever been
0: on a party bus before. In my in my <laughs> mind it's a booze cruise on wheels, but I know that's not true at all.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not this one, not this one. Especially the first thing in like the contract I signed was uh basically uh no vomiting or bodily fluids and you'll be charged a $300 fine. Wow, cleanup, so
0: yeah, so you guys keep your bodily <laughs> fluids to <laughs> yourself. Not that kind of bus. Not that kind of <laughs> oh. bus at all. It's <laughs> so different from WWDC. It's just bodily fluids <laughs> everywhere.
1: That's true. It's San Francisco, way mm. different, and way, there. so quite different.
0: You know. Yeah, so a lot. We're gonna. It's gonna be fun. The video stuff's gonna be really great. We're gonna have the podcast. Um, uh, we're, I, I'm super excited to um to get out and see some of Atlanta. I've been to Atlanta several times, but always for work. So it's always been like. Stay at the hotel, go to the office, and then come back. So it'll be fun. We're gonna do some some shots around Atlanta and that sort of thing. So it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be really a lot of fun to to film and put it all together for you guys. So
1: yeah, I'm already excited. Like I'm like nervously excited to like see the final version because I know that it's just gonna be an awesome job by you guys, and uh, it's it's really great that y'all are doing this. So thank you.
0: Of course. So we've got some uh, some many topics slash follow up here
1: yeah yeah so I wanted to get into some some pin updates real quick, and one thing kinda sort of related to the pin show it, when I was putting together these show notes, it made me realize that I forgot to address it last week um Matthew Morse, who's attending the pin show, asked me last week to answer the question why i prefer modern pens over vintage pens as far as you know making purchases and what i use on a daily basis and what my collection contains the most of it's mostly modern pens and the reason why it should be pretty simple and it really is is that it's that's what's readily available right now you know the quality is going to be good you know the companies you are going to you buy it from from are going to be able to support these products that they're selling you that you're spending these hundreds of dollars on but in relation to the pin show that's where the vintage stuff comes in so i always try to pick up one or two vintage pins at the atlanta pin show because you can actually get them in your hands and you can talk to the guy that um, you know, rebuilt the pen if it's like really old and needed some work done to it. So that's that's kind of the, the nuts and bolts of it. The vintage, you really need to get hands on. I'm almost never going to buy a vintage pen online unless I know its lineage and like really trust the guy who who is selling it because you never know what you're going to get with a vintage pen and being able to go physically touch them at somewhere like the Atlanta Pen Show is key to making a vintage pen purchase. So that's why Most of the stuff I have at home and that I talk about online is modern because I generally know what I'm going to get out of the box with that. So I just wanted to point that out because um, that's kind of a big thing at the Atlanta Pin Show. It's more vintage stuff than modern stuff, although I think the numbers are skewing a little bit more. Modern's growing and vintage isn't shrinking, just there's modern stuff creeping in. Like uh, some of our friends that come there, like Anderson Pins, they bring a crap ton of modern stuff. And there's a bunch of other vendors that do too. So you'll be able to get both at the show, but vintage um, is definitely where it's at, at a show like this.
0: Yeah, um, makes sense to me.
1: Yeah, because, uh, I mean, you're not buying uh, your vintage Max uh, unless you, you, know the, you, you do your research, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> you well, have- yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, do you have the Mini Mac Museum room at your house?
0: I do. Yeah, we spoke about that on uh, Analog this week. So if you, if, oh, if you I have, it, to the, I, have it,
1: I have it in the queue, so I haven't listened. I'll listen to that tonight.
0: Yeah. yeah. So we'll put a, a link to that in the show notes as well. It's um, I mean, I think it's true with whatever you know, whatever nerdery, whatever collection sort of thing you're into. Um, mm-hmm. it can be as much about where something comes from and how it got to you as what it is, right? Like that, the story totally. of the thing can be just as important. But I totally, uh, totally get that
1: yeah there's that there, we talk about these things, and you said it earlier on. There's so much crossover in just the general things that we do. It doesn't matter what the the topic is or the thing that we're into is. We all kind of have the same feelings about the things that we're into. It's kind of cool. um one pin that came out the last couple of weeks. See, now this is like connected, you know, like when the new MacBooks come out. We got a new Uniball Sino 307, Stephen. That's like a big deal for How us. How much RAM does it have? Uh, yeah, mm. like <laughs> <laughs> uh, it has it has at least two uh, two ports on there, though. Um, so, yeah, the Sino 307, my inbox was filled up with people saying, hey, have you seen this? And I've not seen it in person yet, only because I haven't gone looking. But I put a review in. The show notes um, from that one pin. If you want to f- see what the Sino 307 is all about, I know a bunch of you have been asking me: Is it any good? What's the difference? So far, there's some visual differences with the pen, like the clips are plastic, um, even though I th- they were plastic before, or maybe they were metal. Um, and then the uh, tip of the pen is is black to match the pen barrel. And the marketing of the pen says it. They make a point on the marketing to say that it writes on glossy paper um I don't know what they're trying to get at with that so the review was was pretty positive on it it writes more like an inner gel which is a really smooth gel ink pen 0.7 millimeter tip and the 307 compared very favorably to that a little bit wider of a line than the 207 which is a pen that I love so that one's out there I'll get it soon get it reviewed things like that and it you can get it looks like it's popping up at like Target, Walmart, Staples, places like that. So we'll check those out. Now this next one I haven't heard of until I got an email two nights ago. This is really cool. So Casey um received a fountain pen a couple weeks ago, Stephen. It was called the Pilot Metropolitan. Mm-hmm. Um it's a it's what we consider the best entry-level fountain pen on the market. It's a mm-hmm. really, really good pen. Um, and Pilot is an excellent manufacturer. They do a great job. They launch most of their products in Japan, then they bring them over to the U.S. if they're successful, and this was one of those. Well, I got a link in my mail that Pilot is testing out a Metropolitan Mini, which is really, really cool. Um, it looks like it might be less than half the size of the full-size Metropolitan, and for some reason, Steven, in the fountain pen world and in the pen world mini pens are a big thing because pens get in fall into that everyday carry category right so people want to carry something small for their everyday carry kit right so finding a really good quality small fountain pen is kind of a big deal and for pilot to do something like this for a pen that was already so popular would be like a huge huge win for them so We'll see. Uh, supposedly, this is a test run. We don't know if it's actually going to happen, but if it does, this is, you see this product, this is a product that will just kill in like the, the pen industry. It will sell out everywhere and just people will be hunting it down until they can finally get full stock of it. So this is, uh, and the full size pen only costs about 15 bucks. So this is a reasonably priced pen. It wouldn't be more expensive than that. So it it's a really really cool see, thing to see out on the market.
0: Yeah, I mean if you look at this thing, it's it's maybe only a third longer than the cap to the full size pin like it is. Yeah. It looks t- tiny.
1: Yeah, um, it's it looks really tiny. It doesn't look like scaled down to half. It looks tiny. So yeah. it'll be interesting interesting to see um if this comes to fruition, but I will be uh first in line to get one of those. So we'll see. Oh no. Oh no. The the chat room might be onto something here.
0: Yeah. Might be April Fool's joke. Note oh, yeah. the date um, on the post. Yeah. See, I just got it. Mm.
1: I just got it uh, two days ago, so I didn't. Mm. I didn't put together the date. Oh uh, no. So we'll see. Oh, they think it's an April Fool's. I'm gonna hurt somebody now. Hmm. I'm gonna hunt somebody down. But um, all right. So now I'm just gonna have to yell at Pilot to make this happen, because it seems like a uh, seems like a good idea. So we'll see. It'll, it's it's at least better than my april Fool's joke was was me in a um jetpin's hat on instagram, so you know, <laughs> that one's much better
0: i' I'm just putting April Fool's question mark in the show notes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> It'd be funny if it wasn't April Fool's joke, and then like two years later it happened because yeah I could. Whoever did this, you could legitimately see right. this happening. Or, it's or someone a, in
0: their product development group was like, I wonder, like maybe they're divided, right? Like, <laughs> I wonder if people would like this. Well, let's put it out as a joke, and if people get angry and want it, they'll be like, oh, it was real. Uh-huh. But if it doesn't take off, then it was a joke. It's kind of yeah. genius, really, if you think about it's it. It's kind
1: of genius. It got me. So, hey, I'm, uh, I'm gullible. So, there you have it. <laughs> All right, you know who's not gullible? It's Squarespace. They're, they're straight up awesome. So, why don't you tell us about Squarespace, Mr. Hackett?
0: Yes, this episode of The PIN Act is brought to you by our friends at Squarespace. You know Squarespace. They're the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website, portfolio, or online store. For a free trial and 10% off, visit squarespace.com and enter the offer code INC at checkout. When it comes to giving yourself a place online, there's nowhere better than Squarespace. They put all the power you need into your hands and take away the pain points, like worrying about hosting, scaling... Or what to do if you get stuck on something. They're fantastic clean it's their fantastic clean simple designs are beautiful. They allow you to craft a home for yourself and it's been totally redone and refined in Squarespace 7, their latest update. Squarespace has applied everything they have learned from powering millions of sites on the web to make an even better platform. There's fifteen new stunning templates that all feature responsive design. So these things look great on desktop, tablet, or even smartphones. They've partnered with cool musicians, artists, architects, and more to develop templates that cater to to those particular professions. It's really great. They've also partnered with Getty Images to provide you with a great deal on awesome photography at just $10 an image. If you're laying out a page and you need a, a header image, you can search and if you like it, you can pay for it all right within Squarespace. You don't have to go out and buy it and download it. It's all just right there in Squarespace 7. It's really powerful. With awesome stuff like this, you still get the the core support the Squarespace offers with 24-7 support via live chat and email. They have teams located in New York, Dublin, and Portland who are there to help you no matter what time of the day or night. With the commerce platform, you can set up your own store and you get all that same support uh, as if you were building a blog or portfolio. It all comes in together. To start a trial with no credit card required, start building your website today by going to squarespace.com. When you do decide to sign up, be sure to use the offer code INC to get ten percent off your first purchase and to show your support for the Pen Addict. We'd like to thank Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, build it beautiful.
1: And thanks to all the the listeners who I, who use Squarespace. I I can see it out there a lot, and I get asked all the time, "Hey, what's your your code for Squarespace? I'm gonna give it a try and build it out a site." So thank you guys for supporting them, which in turn supports us. Yeah, absolutely. So you've got some cool stuff that uh, that you or I are going to talk about. You know, you're much more proficient at show notes than Michael is. Um, you know, we might have to have a conversation in in a couple weeks and and you know see if there might be a change in the lineup here because uh, <laughs> I, I like I like how you do things. We
0: could um we could you know smack him around a little bit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you have a you have a an interesting topic here, which you know I didn't think about, but it's completely applicable and um. You were talking, just in general, about Relay FM on your side and Knock on my side as being our side businesses, and how do we stay organized with all of the extra work? I mean, you have a day job, you have a wife, you have kids. I have a day job, I have a wife, I have kids. There's all these other things we got going on, and then oh by the way, <laughs> you do things for Relay right. and I do things for Knock, and you you have a blog that you maintain and i have the same and it's just all these other things so how what are your thoughts on these these topics how do you keep sane throughout the day and what kind of uh tools are you using
0: yeah i thought that was a, a really interesting idea you know i think uh i won't i won't speak for the way that you you run your schedule but i know for me i i'm you know that stuff is pretty jumbled up i, I do have a you know a 9 to 5 job but Uh, Very often, you know, I'll need to take care of something uh, for Relay during the day or, you know, vice versa. If I'm at home and I might be working on something in the evening for Relay, you know, something from work might pop in and have to deal with it. So for me, I I don't really have like discrete tools. So it's kind of, you know, the the applications and the the notebooks and stuff that I use, it's all kind of mixed together where I've got sort of, you know, one page on my film notes might be some notes from a Relay call for a new show and then something – You know, the next page over will be a little sketch for a a project at work and then my grocery list might might be next. So for me, it's not, there's not clearly defined boundaries. And I was curious if that was Mm -hmm. the the same for you.
1: That is totally the case with me. And we've discussed this um, one time before we were talking about how I found myself one day all of a sudden with like five active notebooks, but no real definition on what those notebooks contained in them. And I've never been one to have a notebook for a certain topic, like for the podcast. You know, I don't necessarily have a specific notebook that holds all the podcast notes, ideas, things like that. It goes, like you said, into whichever notebook I'm using at the time, and then that's kind of, you know, wherever my head's at at the moment, whether it's working on, you know, new colorways for Knock or what I'm going to write in the show notes for the podcast or what blog posts I'm going to put up on the pen addict, those all kind of go in the same spot, at least on the analog side. Um, you know, I find it getting confusing when I end up... Part of the problem with me is I test out a lot of products and I'll end up carrying around three or four or five different things at once and then I'll need to make a note that I need to remember and I'll just put it in whatever's the closest instead of... Necessary, the one active kind of inbox. Like, right. That's how I treat treat my notebooks. Is like the inbox, mm-hmm. and then I put that information somewhere else. So yeah, I tend to get in trouble if I don't have that one primary um, notebook. I don't have them separated, and I found out we I sent out um, a question after the show when we were talking about that, and almost all the responses were people were using like five to seven notebooks for different things. It blew my mind.
0: Yeah, I I don't want to carry five to seven notebooks (laughs) um yeah i mean you know uh uh, to kind of move closer to my world for a second you know you said that's true for for your analog tools but um i know for me you know i have uh you know my task management software that has kind of everything and that i've like sections divided out you know for relay and the day job and home and that sort of thing Mm um but i mean even kind of once i'm in the digital world you know My email all comes to one client, you know, it's, it's for me, it's, these are just the things that I do. And yes, I do have hours dedicated to one or the other, but you know, I I at least have transitioned very well between them, right? So I could do something for Mm -hmm. work and then for Relay and bounce back. And, you know, I don't know, do you have to have those walls up higher if you're working with digital tools as opposed to just capturing things in your notebook?
1: Yeah, I don't know. See, like, the only thing that I use digitally that I don't kind of match, um, in the analog world is a calendar. I don't, I don't keep any analog calendars. I find that pretty cumbersome and not really efficient. Um, you know, I, I definitely prefer like a digital calendaring or, um, digital scheduling like in Omnifocus where you can schedule projects and tasks and have times and recurring things to them. That's super important for me. Like I use Omnifocus a lot for, you know, Knock has its own stuff and Penetic has its own stuff and the podcast has its own stuff. And then I have a bunch of personal stuff in there. So that's that plus the calendar is my primary digital stuff, then everything else I, I do capture, um, analog and, you know, I might transfer it over, uh, digitally or I may not, I may just, uh, find it in, in the notebook mm-hmm. and, um, you know, just, just go from there.
0: Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me. You know, it's, it's in looking at this, there's no right or wrong answer, right? It's like I know, I know mm-hmm, Mike right. is one to, to tend to have multiple notebooks. Uh, for a while he had like a notebook per show that he would just take notes in as he, as he recorded. um, but, you know, it kind of makes sense, right? Like Mike's setup is stationary where, you know, you and mm-hmm. I, I at least am all over the place throughout the day, yeah. let alone the week. So for me, you know, one reason I use Field Notes is that I can stick it in my pocket and I know that my sort of current set of stuff is just always there, that I don't have to, you know, oh, I left that one on my desk at work, but I had that one thing in it that I really need, or, you know, I saved this over here and I can't get to it when I'm not, you know, it's it's... Yeah. Sort of just a big yeah. soupy mess for me, and and I don't when, I don't know if that's good or bad, but I don't think it's right or wrong.
1: Yeah, when I used to find try to keep like different topics in different notebooks, I'd end up not having the notebook I needed. Write it down on a scrap of paper, and then who knows what happens to that? And it just makes a mess, or you lose it. And you know, I would keep it on that scrap until I <laughs> was around the other notebook I needed, and then I'd write it in that notebook and throw away the scrap, and that was just a pain. So <laughs> I'm a I'm more of a one notebook kind of guy and uh capturing all the information there and then just working with that information as i need it so
0: i think i think that's fair
1: yeah yeah so in honor of you today because i did remember this um i'm using a jet stream yes um you're you're still on the uh jet stream bandwagon
0: i am um you know whenever we spoke a couple years ago you know my setup is, has basically been the same it's been you know a field notes of some variety and then the uh uniball jet stream in the point seven point seven in blue um mm. that just that combination for the most part works really well I, uh you know these are just the standard fill notes I really don't like the what was the the northerly edition or whatever that had like the waxy paper. Um, that did. was not my jams wow. at all. Yeah,
1: that goes, that goes way back. And that was like, well, that was one of the worst, like inside papers that they've ever produced. It was, it was, um, roundly criticized.
0: Yeah. But yeah, still, still using, you know, field notes. And again, kind of what we just spoke about that I know it's always with me. I know that, you know, I have a burn rate of about five weeks with the field notes. And so I know that I just have a rolling snapshot of the last however many weeks of whatever, again, grocery list, m- you know, meeting notes at work, uh, you know, I wrote down when I – I'll edit it out, but I, I, like, coughed pretty loudly during the Squarespace ad read. So, I, you know, just wrote mm-hmm. jot down time on the side, and I'll go back and fix that. Right. Um, and so, for me, it's just that sort of – it's sort of like a like a cache of just like, hey, you know, I kind of put stuff in this buffer over here, and then it, it goes out elsewhere. Or, like you said, maybe it doesn't. Maybe it just stays there for reference. Mm-hmm. Um because for me, very often the act of writing it down is how I remember it. Right, like
1: that's sort of field notes. Yes, <laughs> brand tagline, <Total>. <laughs> but that works for me. So yeah, totally, totally. I you know, I want to I want to explore a topic that we don't have on this list, but it relates exactly to this, and it, the question just came into my head while we were talking about this. Why don't we talk about our next sponsor, and then I will get into that.
0: All right. So this episode of Pen Addict is also brought to you. By Hoban Cards, Hoben Cards creates affordable, beautiful, custom letterpress printed calling cards. If you haven't picked one of these up and held it, you're really missing out. Um, just go look at their website right now; it's it's seriously beautiful. These cards are perfect for people who don't need a lot of business cards but want a small batch for special interactions. You know, people like me at, jo- at my job, I, I basically just burn through business cards. But if you want something tailored, something to leave an impression, this is the way to go. If you're at a conference and need to impress people, or an important business meeting, sometimes you just need those fancy cards. There are 18 gorgeous pre-designed templates to choose from that are focused on topography and simplicity. The cards that you'll see from Hoban are elegant. There's, that's really just the perfect way to describe them. They're classy, handmade goods, just what every pen addict needs. Every card is hand-printed on thick, 100% cotton paper with a great texture using 1,500-pound letterpress from 1902. It's the real deal. And if you wanted, Hoban Cards can also provide matching stationery items like note cards and writing stationery if you so desire, if you need sort of the complete package. They can really help uh, up your correspondence game. Now, there are free samples available from their website. And when you do choose to buy, use the discount code Washburn, W-A-S-H-B-U-R-N-E, for a free shipping anywhere in the world. If you haven't done it already, go to HobenCards.com to find and see more. Thank you so much to them for supporting this show and all of Relay FM.
1: You know, I've been, I keep threatening to order the Hobon cards, and I keep forgetting. And now with the pin show coming up, I'm I'm going to need some thank you cards, so I'm going to do that after the show. I'm going to order order the Hobons that I I keep forgetting to order. They have some uh some uh, uh, like stationery, and not just like the business cards. They have some uh, note cards that you can write notes on. So I'm going to do that. Um, before I get into the topic, I wanted to talk about back on your jet stream. Mm-hmm. Only 0.7 millimeter and only blue for you, right? That's right. Yeah. So 0.7 millimeter jet stream is the one I recommend far and away the most. The 1.0 millimeter jet streams tend to have kind of blotchy issues. They don't uh, write as well as the 0.7s. And then anyone who I've recommended the 0.52 has said, oh my god, that is way too fine. It's like a needle. Mm-hmm. And they actually make a smaller one than that, the 0.38. Most people don't like the point five, so the point seven for those who want to try out a, a jet stream is definitely the sweet spot. And I highly, highly recommend the blue ink. I get blue ink in all my ballpoint type inks. I just don't don't really care for black um, ballpoint type inks nearly as much as I do blue.
0: Yeah, I'm, I mean, for me, you know, if I'm marking up documents or something, it's just much easier to spot and um, totally. So you have a surprise topic.
1: Well, no, it was. It's it, no, it's, it goes along with this. We were talking about writing all this stuff down and i was listening to all the stuff that you put into your notebooks and i know how busy your life is and how like important like your family stuff is do you do any type of journaling like any like personal stuff and does that go somewhere does that live somewhere or do you not do you not do it you may not like i don't so oh yeah no
0: no i do it's um so i use uh, the mac and an ios app uh, day one which if you haven't checked out yeah. you're an apple user should definitely look at um For for a long time, I did journal in notebooks and, uh, you know, maybe we'll circle back to this, but uh, I wanted something that was a little more searchable and something that I could kind of have all of it with me at once. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, day one's been out a couple of years and and started checking that out. And um, I'm a very visual person. So like a lot of my little day one entries, like yesterday, for instance, you know, uh, yesterday was Easter. We took a picture of the kids all dressed up in front of a dogwood tree uh, in the neighborhood, uh, I've taken the picture every year we've lived in our house and, you know, the kids just get bigger and bigger. And so, you know, I had the picture in there and then wrote a little bit about, you know, what we did that day and about how they're growing up and, you know, how, you know, kind of how, how, I feel about that, which is, if any parent can guess, uh, makes me sad, mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> sad and happy, mostly sad. Yep. Um, so yeah, so it's sort of that, I like the digital approach for that multimedia. Um, and that I can just, you know, I can do it anywhere. It's on my phone and, and iPad and computer So.
1: Yeah, I I think that's that's super helpful for that and it that there's a few things that I always threaten to do and then I never do and that's one of them um, is journaling at, at least in day one I know I won't journal necessarily in paper that does that actually doesn't really like compute in my head for some reason as as pen and paper centric as I am that type of thing doesn't necessarily compute I've never been a handwritten journal type person. So, yeah, I was I was interested to see how you how you did that and, uh, you know, what you use for that. So that's perfect. Now, you're talking about like with the digital part and being very visual and, you know, wanting to see those pictures, which, you know, that's what the digital medium is for. That's really, really perfect usage for that. But for all of our notes and all of our things that we keep in these paper notebooks, do you have any type of digitizing system? that you use to kind of save and have things readily available for search later? Uh, I do.
0: So, like I said, I've, I've used field notes for years. I've got a current burn rate of about five weeks that used to be shorter. Um, you know, is that, that sort of how fast I fill one up depends on, of course, how busy work is and what I'm doing. And
1: that's pretty um, strong. Actually, I'm, I'm slower than that.
0: Yeah. And, And one thing is I'm in a lot of client meetings with my job. So I, I, I take analog notes, um, a because I can sketch and like you know, outline and kind of draw things out, but also it's it's much less intimidating and distracting than to have a laptop or even something like an iPad in a meeting in, in my experience. Some people sure. can really do it. I can't, so um, so yeah, so you know, I, I struggled with a long time if I have all this stuff in these notebooks, and I need to reference it, and for a long time, they stay just bound in a big rubber band in my desk drawer at work and you know, someone was like, oh, what about this thing that was six months ago? Then I'd like go hunt it down and like try to remember the time frame. And that uh, didn't it scale. You know, I, I don't mm-hmm. know how many. Right. Uh, actually, I can tell you. Um, I have to date filled up uh, 29 field notes uh, wow. since, That's since awesome. uh, tw- well, and a couple other notebooks, but since since sure. 2011. Um and so what I, what I've started doing is is doing high resolution scans of them. So on a flatbed scanner, you know, nothing special, nothing of a flashy, just a flatbed scanner, scanning them in color, and saving them as PDFs just on Dropbox. Mm. Um, and that gives me the ability to to find them. I name the files based on the date range I filled the notebook. So mm. um, you know, for instance, you know, the file name might be twenty fourteen seven seventeen through twenty fourteen. Eight twenty. So I know that was mid July to mm-hmm. mid August of last year. Someone says, "Hey, what about that thing?" Uh, you know, if I can narrow it down to a month or two, I can find it pretty quickly. I I don't do any OCR stuff, so I, I know you guys mm-hmm. have spoken about that in the past, where you scan something right. in, or and the computer has to figure out what you said. My handwriting is not anything that OCR software has ever been able to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um.
1: But again, the, that's that's pretty common. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a tough, that's a tough game. Yeah. I
0: mean, OCR is like, seems like, like putting me on the moon seems simpler than OCR. To right. Me. It seems like magic. <laughs> um, you know, the date range was really the breakthrough for me of, hey, I can name these things when I filled them up. And so, you know, I can look back in 2011, 2012, I had a different job then. You know, I can, I can open those up and I can see, you know, what I was working on and, um, and because they're on Dropbox, I have w- have them with me. So if I'm in if I am in a meeting and someone says, "Hey, what about that thing?" Especially if I've just changed over to a new Field Notes. Uh, in fact, mm-hmm. now I carry an old one, like in my backpack, maybe for a couple weeks, just to make sure that, uh, you know, right.
1: You have like that carryover, right?
0: Period. Right. Exactly. Because you kind of got are like, oh, we met last week. You don't remember what we talked about? I'm like, no, I wrote it down. I right. have no idea. <laughs> um. But uh, but yeah, so you know, I can pull it up on my on my iPad or phone, and and it's not you know super great, but it, it again I can sort of narrow in on what I need to find, and then um, you know, jog my memory that way.
1: Yeah, so I put a link in the show notes, um, about this site that uh, launched about a month ago. It's called Index dot Inc. I N D X D dot Inc. And actually, uh, the creator is in the chat room. Uh, having a conniption while (laughs) while you're talking about um, what you're doing and like what you're doing is exactly perfect. And then what uh, Dave Ray did with index.inc is taken like what you did and allowed you basically, I I think the best way in a nutshell to, to use index.inc is to go in, it allows you to create a table of contents for a particular book right so you have a field notes you have your date range and you call it all these things and you say on page eight i had this sketch of whatever project we're working on at work and then on page 15 i had these notes for this new show we need to work on for relay fm so you can narrow it down even further and then on top of that on your notebook page you can put a link to your dropbox file for your pdf to pull up that file on the same page within your indexed page For your notebook on there it's pretty sweet
0: yeah this looks super cool um yeah
1: it it, it's like it's like perfectly simple like it's just exactly enough like okay i'm filing away this notebook but there's something in here you know i don't have to track page 1 through 48 i need to take the most important pages at least this is how i've used it i'll take the most important pages okay 8 15 24 they have the stuff i want to remember and i'll basically tag them on that notebook page That way I know if I ever have, you know, what notebook that I put this thing in, I can, that will help me out. So it's, it's a pretty neat resource and, you know, something that might help you just, it's like, you don't have to do, you do everything you're doing right now. And then you just kind of do this contents, uh, extra little contents, uh, tagging basically for the particular notebook. And then right there you can link your, uh link your PDF files to your notebooks there too. So it's, it's a really neat resource and uh, it's, it works real well. And uh, Dave's done a good job with that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I like that it's open source and you know, the, the web says web page says, you know, your plain text backups, your index will be emailed to you weekly. So if,
1: if, yeah. So I think on Sunday I've been getting an email that says, okay, here's, you know, it's literally, you know, plain text of notebook name, Page contents, you know, t- whatever tags I have on there, it's things like that. It's real good.
0: Yeah, that's super cool. I'm going to uh, I'm to check this out because that's that's yeah. sort of the you know for for my world of of the computer nerd, you know, people. I mean, even people I work with our web design development. Uh, you know, I sometimes get funny glances when I pull out a paper notebook because people are entering notes in Google Docs or you know our collaborative document work station or you know things <laughs> like that. And, yeah. and you know, people are like, well, you know, uh, what how does that help you? And, and, and you know, it, it works for me. And they're definitely, you know, a, a lot of time spent taking notes and, you know, putting them somewhere else in our system. But it gives me another opportunity to clean them up and, and you know, be considerate about what I'm I'm sharing with my coworkers. But this is definitely sort of the fundamental problem, right? Because the computer right. nerd says, well, I can just hit it with my search engine and, and, and find it. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, but... Yeah. You know the all of the the pros, which I don't have to to preach to to the Pen Act audience, of of having something written down and the act of writing and the act of, um, mm-hmm. you know, going through uh, and and physically flipping through something is so mm-hmm. primal in a way. You know that yeah. that yes, I can take notes in Google Docs and yes, I, I do take notes in Google Docs. So that's what's required sure. of me, but it's. For me, at least there's that disconnect, especially in my memory, where if I type something because I type all day, it's just gone like totally um but if I write it down if if it flows through my muscles into into the field notes, then it's sort of burned in somehow in a different way
1: yeah it's it's absolutely a thing, you know, and it's hard to like put your finger on it, but you know it when you you do it, you react to things differently and you remember things differently, and it's almost like things have more. I don't know what the right word is for it, but there's more like synapses firing off in your brain. There's more emotion to it, even though it's maybe not an emotional thing that you were writing. Those extra, you know, writing, that extra writing, you know, that extra exertion adds to like this whole thing going on in your head. Whether you can remember it better or, you know, you can recall it better or you know you can explain it better and things like that so it's it's really hard to put in words but you just know that it's a fact it, it just is and um yeah so it it's good it's uh yeah definitely preaching to the choir here on the pen attic, So <laughs> have you guys heard about handwriting <laughs> but you- hey at least your handwriting i've seen it it's better than mike's so it's true you know.
0: yeah mike's pretty bad um Oh my so goodness. yeah so i I end up scanning everything. There's a link in the show notes to uh a blog post I wrote uh at the end of the year actually look at that the very end of the year on new year's eve um huh. uh with a a screenshot of all the covers and I think I think I remember you had commented about like you were trying to name all the different uh covers <laughs> yep I remember that that, post. I, that I had shown um and then I stored them all in their you know archival wooden box and I actually need a second one because I have a lot of empties and uh because i buy them faster than i use them. Yeah. Uh, everyone can relate to that problem, i'm sure. Yes, uh, yes. And so, you know, if if those scanned pdfs go away, i keep the actual notebooks as well and and it's fun to flip those out and and look through them and um and kind of see, you know, the path of of work or or relay, you know, i can find the page where like we settled on the name for the network and it's got the, the other name that we didn't use. Um, Yeah. And you know, where our first call with our, with our CPA uh, to make sure that, you know, we're a business with international partners and turns out that's complicated. And I have notes from that call (laughs) and not that I have to reference those to day to day, but it's, it's really nice that they're, you know, on my bookshelf on my computer, there's, there's record of that, that, you know, Mike and I have done this thing or, or whatever it is, you know,
1: that, Nope. uh right. it, it doesn't have as much meaning sitting in a text file
0: exactly exactly yeah. see we get it
1: yes we totally get it well you have uh apparently a surprise topic for me that i'm i'm anxious to to hear about what you're uh what you're about to say but uh before we do that we have a a new sponsor for the pen addict. I don't think they've been on the pen addict yet and I'm pretty pumped about this. What do we got? Yeah.
0: So we have uh this week is our third sponsor. One password from agile bits. One password is an essential piece of software in the digital world that we live in. Uh, you know, it's super easy to use the same simple password over and over for various sites and various logins, but turns out that's a bad idea because sites get compromised. People get hacked and you know, bad stuff happens. A good 1Password user doesn't have to worry about this stuff. 1Password is an app available for the Mac, iOS, Android, and Windows that helps you create super strong passwords and keep them safe for you, and most importantly, keep them with you, because they're all stored in an encrypted file on your device. Now, you can use Dropbox or iCloud or even Wi-Fi to sync them. So I have my 1Password on my computer, and I have it on my phone, and I have it on my iPad, so these secure Uh, single-use passwords are, you know, they're not the easiest thing to remember, and that's the point. (laughs) So all you have to know is your master password, your 1Password. You enter that, and you're in. 1Password makes it secure and safe to be online. Security is daunting to many people, but this app is made to make all of that go away. So the easiest thing to do is also the most secure thing to do. 1Password saves you a ton of time. One-click logins uh, if you're on an iOS device, you can use Touch ID to log in now with the uh, iOS 8 extension. And it, it makes it, again, really fast and really simple. It's it's rewarding you for being secure. Agile Bits have just enabled TOTP in uh, iOS and Windows. That's time-based, one-time passwords, which are an extra layer of security if you use two-factor authentication with, like, a, a Gmail or a, an iCloud account or many others. Um, it's two-step, so it it it's... Another layer of security, you can find out more on their on their website about that. Um, I've been using 1Password for years. Use it on the Mac, use it on my iPad, use it on my iPhone. I, I don't know my passwords, and I, hmm. I know my 1Password, and that lets me in. And I know that I'm safe and secure across all of the different web services that I use day-to-day, whether it be at work or at Relay or somewhere in between. If you're not a 1Password user, you should change this right away. Go to agilebits.com slash 1Password to find out more. And you can find one password on the uh the Mac and iOS App Store as well as Google Play Store and many others. Thank you so much to AgileBits and One Password for supporting this episode of the Pen Addict and all of Relay FM. One password. Put passwords in their place.
1: Awesome. I'm a I'm a huge one password fan. And it it's it's great for those non-technical people in your lives. Like, you know, I've told my parents to use it and my in-laws to use it and getting my wife to use it, you know, and once they understand that they just have to remember the one password and everything else kind of works. They're like, oh okay, I got it now. And it and I'm safer or insecure. So yeah, love it. Cannot recommend that enough. I think uh Dropbox and one password are like the first two things on any device ever. Totally. Yep.
0: So we we've mm-hmm. danced around this a little bit. So I've used the uh the jet stream for a long time and I like the Jetstream,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. But you know Brad, i'm I'm gonna be thirty and you know mm-hmm. it's coming up. I know that's not old, but it feels feels old mm-hmm. um I have a mortgage i have a- a, car, a new car for the first time in my life. Mm-hmm. I have three children i have a job mm-hmm. I have a company. I feel like it's time for me to move into the adult pin world
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so I'm coming to you, my wisest pin friend you're 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 an el you're an elder in my life in this in this regard mm-hmm. you are a trusted advisor, so if I want to become a man. And I want to buy a grown-up pen. <laughs> what, what are the steps for me to enter this world? What, what, should, what are some of the factors I should I should look at? And what, what are some of the things I should try?
1: So this question <laughs> is probably a lot harder to answer than you would anticipate. And there is a reason for that. And that reason is there is a huge gap in the pen market that is unfulfilled. And that is between, like, the $3 pens that we all use, like the Jetstream, and that are awesome. I mean, you cannot get a pen that writes much better than that. And on top of it, it's, like, $2 or $3. Mm-hmm. And then you go all the way up into, like, pens that are hundreds of dollars that you're buying for, like, their design or their materials. You know, if it's gold or some kind of, in, some kind of super fancy thing going on. And that generally may not even write as well as your $3 jet stream. So there's this huge gap in that in that range. And I, I'm not counting in fountain pens at all for you. Until t- You can test some of mine in Atlanta. If you want to go down the fountain pen road, we can look at that. But I'm talking strictly ballpoint, gel, liquid ink type mm-hmm. pens. So the immediate thing that people are yelling at the screen right now are yelling in the air as they're listening to this and what mike would be yelling right now is retro 51 so the retro 51 tornado uses a refill called the schmidt p8127 and that's really what makes the pin it's a high quality pin it's cost about 20 to 25 dollars it's a twist pin so it's it's retractable without a cap um And the refill writes amazingly. That's what really makes the pen. You know, I talk about it all the time. You know, people don't buy a Montblanc for the writing experience. They buy a Montblanc for the Montblanc experience. Mm -hmm. They want that pen. It's not going to be the best writing pen. The Retro 51 is an awesome writer. But the problem with the Retro 51 is that you're very limited on your refills without hacking the pen. So that stock refill for the Tornado is 0.7 millimeters but it's a liquid ink. So it's going to be much wider and wetter than your jet stream that you're used to. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that I would actually recommend that to you having seen your handwriting and how you write and how you write in you know, notebooks and, you know, you want something to use in the field notes. Right. What I'm thinking off the top of my head is the Lamy 2000 ballpoint, which I own. And number one, it's flat out beautiful. And, if you handed that pen to anyone, they would go "whoa" because it's a very simple classic design, but it's made out of this material called macrolon. It's like a fiberglass, mm-hmm. and it's got this great stain, brush stained, brush-stained um, um, steel-like tip, clip, and knock. It's also a retractable pen.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at now, there at this online. It's beautiful.
1: Yeah, and for a ballpoint, for a pen that comes with. The ballpoint refill, it's actually a really good refill. It's not quite to par with the jet stream. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit worse. But in the grand scheme of all ballpoints, it's really, really good. You know, there's tons of bad ballpoints. This one is spectacular. The pin feels amazing. I was actually not thinking I would really like that pen very much and I've actually turned out to like it very much and the best part about it is it's only like 60 bucks isn't that 50 to 60 dollar range which I think if you're going to spend more than that you're really looking for like something like in like the pen design itself that's going to want to make you spend more right than that right you know like a the mont blanc you know for the gold and pearl that's on it right i don't necessarily know that anyone needs <laughs> yeah that. it's not yeah you know, that,
0: gold and pearl aren't really
1: my scene <laughs> right <laughs> you know there's some really nice pelicans that are running about 250 dollars but it's not going to write better than your jet stream it's just not and so you kind of come to this compromise of where you get a really my biggest priority is the writing experience. Mm -hmm. If the pen writes crappy, I don't care what it looks like or how good it, you know, what the price is or anything like that. If it writes crappy and I have to fight to find a good refill to put into it, I'm not going to be happy. You know, I want a good out of the box experience. You know, I could maybe adjust the refills later if I want. This refill comes in blue. I have been more than pleased with my Lamy ball, 2000 ballpoint. And, um, it's just a good pen. I end up recommending it a lot for people who are, aren't into fountain pens, but want something. You know, people want a nice pen. They say, "Tell me, recommend a nice pen to me." I'm like, "Well, what do you mean nice? And how do you write?" Right. And you know, that answer could go eight million different ways. Um, and I'm never going to recommend like two and three hundred dollar pens out of the blue to anyone. <laughs> you know, I'll I'll start right out the gate. Well, what are you trying to do? And you'll probably like a jet stream is kind of how it goes. And they say, well, I want a metal barrel and it has to be retractable and I need these features. And then we kind of narrow it down. And a lot of times it's a retro 51. Um, I, I think the the Lamy 2000 might be something you can look at and uh, I'll bring mine to Atlanta. You can you can test it out. But that's, that's something certainly to consider. And it's a very uh, it's a very nerd friendly design. It's like a super classic German sleek design. Mm-hmm. Um, it. It's understated, but when you feel it and hold it and show it to someone else, it's kind of like, ooh, this is nice. You know, it's a, it's a really, really, really solid pen. So gotcha. I think uh, that's something to consider. And out, outside of that, I would have to think about it because, like I said, there's a massive gap. It's like Jetstream, three dollars, Retro Fifty One, twenty five dollars, then nothing. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know what to say outside of that. That's why I was so pleased that I liked the Lamy 2000 and it was a good pen because that kind of fit a huge gap. And fountain pens, we have that same problem with fountain pens in like the $52, $125 range. There's just this massive gap price point in there. Uh, I'm getting yelled at in the chat room and um, because Dan Bishop's not here, he would have been yelling at me too. Retro Retro 51, Karis Customs pens. you may have heard mike and i talking about it at some point they they do um depending on if you want retractable or like a screw-off cap they make nice machined pins mm-hmm. that are made to fit certain refills like a pilot g2 refill or you know a uniball signer refill you know it should fit the jet stream refill so if you want to stay with jet stream you can actually get an upgraded barrel like a machined aluminum barrel yeah and those, they're actually going to be at the Atlanta Pin Show, and I'm probably going to pick up one of the machined aluminum barrel ones because they're making these two-tone ones um, that look really sweet. They're very old school, like uh, Mad Men looking Yeah, yeah. yeah that's actually
0: what I thought when I pulled this page up. I was like, I feel like I'm Don Draper.
1: Yeah, they're pretty awesome. And uh, we're good friends with the guy that makes them, and he's going to be at the Pin Show. So that's something I plan on uh, picking up there. So I think those are probably your two choices, the Lamy 2000 or the retract. Which I think takes the jet stream refill. I have to double check. We'll have to look on the refills on that page, or ask, uh, or ask Dan Bishop himself, who uh, makes the pens. But uh, I think those are probably your main choices there for you know for your big boy. Pen. Yeah, yeah. Be a man. Yeah,
0: and I definitely understand that's a giant question, right? And uh, that's why yeah. I kind of to spring it on you. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, I like um. I think many, many of our listeners, uh, not on this show, not only on this show, but across the network. You know, like well-made things. I, I you know, the backpack yeah. I have was not cheap, but I know it's going to last me a decade, and it that is played. far more interesting and attractive to me than something that uh, is going to, you know, burn out in a couple of years. And like, yes, mm-hmm. you know, if, if a two-dollar, if two-dollar jet stream, if I hand it to a client, and I never get it back. Like. Okay, I can live with that. But there's also that attraction of you know, I like to buy something that again becomes part of my everyday carry. Something that is on me all the time. That is, uh, you know, part of just when I go out the door. This is kind of what I go out the door with. That is right. a little bit, uh, a little bit higher class, a little bit, um, a little bit nicer. So.
1: Yep. I think those are two ideal choices. And you know, I actually get these questions a lot and it never becomes easier to answer. Yeah. <laughs> you would think after all these years, you know, that market void would kind of that gap would kind of get filled and it just really doesn't. It's a real kind of a interesting space. Um, the the way the market's the way the pin market's set mm-hmm. up. There's there's a not a lot of middle ground pins. And so when people find a good one, it usually becomes kind of a big deal because there's just not a lot available in that in that range of pins in the market. Right. So
0: so, uh, so we'll try some things out next week in Atlanta and, yep. uh, maybe, uh, maybe I'll crash and we can, we can follow up on that at some point.
1: Perfect. So. Perfect. Cool. Well, good. I, I think we've, uh, got it covered today. I wanted to mention one thing before we wrap up though. Next week's podcast will not be recorded on Monday. Next week's podcast will actually be the Pin show podcast on Saturday evening. Uh, what is that? The 17th? I'm not staring at my calendar. Am I getting in trouble? Eighteenth, So we're going to try to get the show up the night of the 18th. That'll be the 150th episode. Um, So don't be looking for a show in the beginning of the week, and then we'll pick back up with episode 151 the following week and kind of get back on a normal schedule. So I just wanted to throw that PSA out there in case you're looking for us next week. Yeah, that'll be –
0: everyone will be – actually there's gonna be like seven of us (laughs) with the film crew and the audio uh, i'm doing the audio uh a bunch of us in a tiny little room but it'll be it's gonna be be fun
1: it's gonna be crazy yeah and people are asking if they can come to the live recording i'm like i don't know that that's gonna work i don't know that we're gonna have room for that you know if i if by some chance i'm trying to get us a bigger room at the hotel instead of actually doing it in our hotel room um getting us like a conference room or classroom but i haven't just been able to finalize that so we'd love to have guests or or not not like live guests but um an a audience live if studio will. audience a live studio audience that would be we totally down for that but i can't answer that until probably yeah. the day of the show
0: yeah and uh and we'll definitely let you guys know from uh i mean brad and everyone will let you guys know from the relay account as well so it'll be uh yep be a lot of fun um to come come hang out so yeah i think i think that's it
1: Absolutely, buddy. I appreciate you uh, filling in today. I think it went uh, swimmingly. Yeah, lady. I'm glad
0: to do it. I would uh, I would be remiss if I didn't thank our three sponsors before we went, though. My Please. job is
1: as the man. Um, you, are, that is, you are the man. So uh,
0: this episode of the Pen Act has been brought to you by Squarespace, OpenCards, and 1Password. Thank you very much to them. And Brad, thank you uh, thank you for having me. And have no fear, Mike will be back next week. So.
1: <laughs> All right. Thank you, Steven. And I will see you in a couple of weeks. Sounds good, buddy. All right. Bye-bye.